This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. So listen, I got this curiosity about digital vehicle inspections and... uh, we recently did a podcast on what should we really call them. And I was in an independent group meeting here in Buffalo a couple of months ago. And since I'm so curious as to why DVIs, quote, 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 haven't been absorbed or adapted, adopted like I feel that they should, I asked everyone in the room, please raise your hand if you're doing digital vehicle inspections. And out of the 30 or so shop owners that were in the room, Hmm, eight hands went up, and I was a little kind of uh, maybe upset. I set all this up for a reason. I'm with my friend Craig O'Neill, Vice President of Training at Autotex.me, and glad to have you here. Remarkable Results Radio, part of the Aftermarket Radio Network, where our goal is to advance the aftermarket in every episode. Give a high five out to our sponsors. Hey, Apex 2021 is in the record books. And I must say that Apex, they lived up to presenting leading edge tech from suppliers, but they did a great job of showcasing the emerging technology of tomorrow. Didn't you just love Joe's Garage? You've got plenty of time to plan for 2023. The place to be Apex now more than ever. They deliver cars to clients faster so they get their wheels sooner and you save valuable time at the front counter. With remote payments, you also get your money sooner without having to chase down your debts. It's just another reason to get Shopware.com. So, hey, man, so glad you could join me as I kind of did a little preamble on, you know, the fact that we're going to talk about digital vehicle inspections and at ASTE. I popped in on a class you and Chris Cloutier were giving are we advertising our DVI? And I said, we got to do something on this. Help me understand why I feel like I do and what you're doing to teach the people the value of this extremely powerful tool we have in our industry that people may not be using to its fullest. Uh, that is exactly it, Carm, is the hands go up in that room that you describe people using DVI. They, they may have it, right? They may have it. They may do it. Are they leveraging it fully? And that was what our class was about. And we call it the art of advising with DVI, right? And advising is the operative word. And DVI is but a tool in that advising process. It is a data collection tool that helps us to be transparent. What we call it really doesn't matter too much if we're really focused on actually managing the visit with the customer, managing their vehicle, and relating all the statistics we get from our shop management systems, all the data that we get from our accountants, and then do nothing with it? You know, I wish it was an anomaly, but it is not. Uh, You see, when shops start doing inspections, especially shops new to this, uh, digital inspections, I almost use the word inspections as digital inspections these days, first off. So if you hear me do that, just assume and put digital in front of it. I think our experiences are different a little bit in some of these rooms too, Carm, because uh, when I asked the question at ASTE recently, uh, maybe it's the, the shops in this group are coming to this event, but most of the hands went up in that class. Most of the shops actually were doing some form of digital inspections. And depending on where you go and what show and what group you're with, I think that still varies a great deal. But the courses that we've been teaching, a lot of the shops that are coming to them already have the technology in place. They just don't have the process. They don't have the orientation, maybe even the structure in their organizations to fully utilize it. Oh, it's like, oh, I got this beautiful uh, scope in front of me. 
Perfect. Yes. Oh, I see this cool waveform on here, this voltage over time thing. But do I really know how to read it and value it and understand it? Exactly. And what do you do if you want a guy to do that? You send them to technical training, right? And we have some of the best technical trainers. This whole generation of technical trainers that's come up in the industry in these last several years, just astonishing. The knowledge and the depth of, of skill that they have to interpret an electronic waveform to tell us details about a problem on a vehicle. It is, it is astonishing. I think some of the technicians that we see are the brightest people on earth sometimes when I see what they can figure out through these diagnostic processes. But here's the thing, they've been taught something. We don't focus training very much on leveraging digital inspections in the same way for service advisors. A lot of times when I ask service advisors what types of training, in fact, Carm, we just asked this in an upcoming webinar that I have ourselves at AutoTextMe. We asked a question of how much a shop is actually investing in communication training. It was the language of commitment is what we're doing. Dan Malloy uh, and Darren McClay will be our guests for that. Fantastic individuals. I think it's going to be a good one. And it's right on the same thread of this conversation that we're having here too, is this is where I really, really enjoy my role in this industry right now. I, I get to work for Chris Cloutier, right? I get to co-teach with him in several instances. One of the reasons for that is Chris made a recommendation to me way back when I started. And we've talked about this before where he encouraged me to go to Toastmasters. This is that international nonprofit organization for leadership and communication and presenting skills, right? We have this club in Grand Rapids I've been active in for a while now. It's actually been over three years, constantly learning, constantly trying to hone the communication skills that it takes to be an effective communicator. Can you imagine if every shop owner was like Chris and encouraged their people to go to Toastmasters and focus a lot of time and energy on becoming a better communicator, what that might do for the image of this industry, good communicators. That is not something you hear most of the time when you call a shop. But the other question we asked on our webinar was, uh, have you ever cringed when you hear your service advisor talking on the phone? Wait a minute, we got to do a, a very important pregnant pause here because you just brought up a huge challenge to the industry. And, and you're 100% right. Listen, I knew you before Toastmasters. I think you had it back then. I don't, I'm not sure 100% you needed Toastmasters, but it, maybe you now have the polish that maybe you didn't have. To your point, let's put this out as an industry challenge, Craig. Get your service advisor team, your general manager team, the individual who may be leading your technicians in the shop to Toastmasters. 100%. And it might seem like a diversion from our topic here on the DVI, but it is not. Because Carm, the thing that I've realized and the thing that any of my trainers with me in AutoText me, anybody that's in the software space, anybody that's working with digital inspections and shops on their inspection part of the process will understand this. It is not the quality of the inspections or the action of the inspection being performed that is operating as the barrier for DVIs being coming more ubiquitous in this industry. The issue is how we are communicating the use of those inspections to our customers, setting expectations at the front part of the visit, and truly delighting them with the experience that we can create from a position of knowledge on their vehicle. And this is where I see everything either fail or succeed. It isn't technicians getting pictures and notes, which is common. Digital inspection stuff. We're using pictures, we're using videos, we're using notes, we're storing in a digital format. We're able to share it easily digitally by email, by text to our clients, right? That's a trademark of all digital inspections. That's what makes it digital. What makes it effective isn't the fact that it's digital. Digital is what we 
it's a mode of communication that we have today that people use. We are going to use whatever people are using in our day and age to communicate. Is that right? Pen and paper, letters, telegraph in the past, all these various forms of communication that have come and gone. We have text and email, but it isn't just the fact that you're using those pieces that makes it. Our objective in this industry is to have no one change service centers. And I think what I'm hearing you say, Craig, is that there's this story to tell about what it is that we're going to do, why you're here, uh, what you should expect, and then uh, no one else, you know, it's kind of like we would all say that the guy down the road doesn't have this, but yes, the guy down the road does, but it's like, okay, he's got a scope and I got a scope, but if I use my scope better than him, then I'm going to be able to do a better job at diagnosing and or loving the customer. See, that's the thing. It's like, I, I do think like doctor analogy and the scope analogy actually blend in, in really well because maybe that lab result came from some of the most state-of-the-art, awesome lab equipment that you can get. They jabbed you in the arm and they ran it to that screener and they are these are good data pieces on your blood, right? This is perfect. <laughs> and I go to another facility or maybe I go to a different doctor another time. They had They had okay equipment for getting pretty good data, my blood, <laughs> but Here's the thing. I'm going to continue to go to the doctor who is best at relating with me on why these numbers mean anything at all for me in my life. I have a family physician. He same doctor for both me and my wife. He knows us and we have complete trust in this individual, right? So if we identified something that was a concern, he knows how to communicate with both of us. He knows how to communicate to us about changes that we could make in diet or, or exercise to address any of these variables. And that's going to be a lot more effective than if somebody's just, uh, aha, see, very accurately, we've shown you this number is very high. I don't know you or anything about you, but typically what we would say to do in this scenario is that, 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 that. No, you have a guy that's going to connect you through a personal relationship that you've established over a long period of time with this good data. The data is the least important piece, Carm. It is the least important piece when it comes to inspections and digital inspections. Can you say that one more time? The data is the least important piece of the digital inspection. Got to let that sink in. What's it really all about? It's about the people. It's about the people that you're serving. It's about the people that are driving that car that need to get from point A to point B safely with their most cherished loved ones as passengers in that vehicle. Uh, when you can start to wrap your head around that, it's going to change the way you can communicate the importance of the inspection. And there's only one way I can take care of you, take care of your vehicle, is I got to send it for a blood test, digital vehicle inspection. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you couldn't possibly counsel and advise a patient in your medical clinic unless you had the blood test results, could you? What are you going to do? Just tell them, yeah, eat healthy and exercise. That's the best thing you can do. And that doesn't mean as much unless you have the data on why this is so critical for you at this juncture in your life. I know you want to talk about you know, CRM and everything and how we integrate this. Uh, you know, let, let's kind of, if you will, start putting some bridges in this discussion. So CRM as an acronym, I think it, it's worth spelling out for people. A CRM, I've seen it described every way you possibly can. Customer retention marketing, right? And that's not what I see as CRM. I see it as client relations management. And that is usually the industry term. If you just search CRM, that's what you're going to come up from. And it's funny when I talk to shop owners and they talk about my customer retention marketing. 
And that's their first focus is retaining, 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 trying to plug a leak almost is, is the whole, whole attitude behind it. But what if this is thought of as a whole process and a system digital inspections at the middle of all of this? It is, it is like the earth on its axis. It spins around that inspection. The relationship we have with the client has to have an anchor point. And that knowing people is one thing, but we have to also understand their cars. And then how we relate to them is going to always be in the context of their vehicle. This is the nature of a relationship with an auto repair shop. If we're managing a relationship with a client of an auto repair shop, to remove the vehicle from the equation would be wrong. We aren't just there to talk to people and make friends. We actually do have to involve a vehicle at some point. The revenue of the business depends upon this, right? So client relationship management, look at DVI as just one tool that helps manage a relationship with the client. If that's the tool, what are the other components that would be in a CRM system? There's actually three main components overall. And the first is almost an intangible. It just has to do with your orientation, your orientation of your organization, that is the orientation of your shop or your business. And when I say orientation, what I mean is how do you look at your role with this individual? I mean, what is our job? Bob Greenwood, I've talked about him a number of times, good friend, tragic loss we've had about a little over a year ago now. And he always loved asking this in front of a group of people in a class. What is your job? He's talking to shop owners. He's talking to technician owners. He's talking to some service advisors or managers. What is your job? And you always get different answers. One of the most common ones. And I think I was one of these people. I'm pretty sure I raised my hand in my first Bob Greenwood classes. Fix cars. Fix cars, right? No, no. Your job, your professional responsibility is to make sure the vehicle is safe, reliable, and efficient. And how can you do that if you haven't inspected the vehicle? Oh, yeah, no. Most shops are taking things in and trying to serve a customer asking for a specific thing. I need an oil change today. I have this broken today. I need you to fix this for me today. And it's this do it for me model. And the customer becomes the expert and you let them. Oh, yeah. And is this one of these businesses where the customer is always right? <laughs> yeah. No, wait. Yeah. Golly. It's a rhetorical question, which I'm sure I can picture people screaming, no, <laughs> <laughs> never. They're not frequently right. The cars, this sort of mystical thing that works most of the time and then it breaks and now they are scared to talk about what broke because they don't actually understand it. And if they show they don't understand it, what's an auto repair shop going to do? We're going to rip them off, right? That's the stigma of this industry. We're going to sell them something you don't need. Number one concern, ask any group of people that are not automotive shop people, ask them their number one concern, taking the car in the shop, selling something that we don't need. Isn't that fascinating? It's the ankle bones connected to the backbone. And again, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm back into the medical thing. But here I come in and I say, listen, I got this problem. We as experts know that came from possibly some other place or there could be this affecting that. And then there's this overall umbrella and never more personal to me than I'm doing a little PT, physical therapy on a shoulder issue that I have. And I have never been enlightened to the connectivity that other parts of the body have to my shoulder, Craig. Interesting, isn't it? Because they're oriented towards helping a holistic approach on this, right? They aren't just looking at the one area of your body that's wrong. They're oriented to helping you completely. Yes. That's orientation. Imagine a service advisor who's got that sort of orientation. Somebody comes in and asks for an oil change. And this is the first time you've ever seen this person and this vehicle. New customer scenario. This is something that staff members need to be trained on and learn how to communicate in these scenarios, right? We want this person to be what later on, not just an oil change customer, right? We want them to use us permanently as their 
one-stop solution for all their car needs. And we need to begin communicating that at some point in this process. How are we going to do it? Hey, I see you want to get your oil change today. We can help you with that, right? As a part of an oil change, we also perform a courtesy inspection. This is critical for us as our responsibility here is to make sure your vehicle is safe, reliable, and efficient. We are going to make sure we do not let you down on that point. And that is why we will perform this inspection and we'll report these results digitally. Boom. Now we set some expectations right out of the gate on what we're going to do. We've also explained how our business is oriented towards serving our clients. What our main angle is isn't just, hey, we're here to change your oil today. But it's actually make sure this car is going to continue to serve you well. We talk about a bunch of different levels of communication in our class as well. We talk about three levels of communication. Most advisors I see stop at the first two levels. First level's basic stuff, name, phone number, right? How to reach a customer that's standing in front of me, what their name is, what my name is, basic data, right? Level two data is really the transactional stuff that we need, stuff about the vehicle, stuff about what's wrong with the vehicle, and the things they want today. That third layer becomes the relational stuff. The communication skills that you can train individuals on gets fun because relational information gathering just involves good conversation skills and good listening and being able to ask open-ended questions that don't end with yes and no's. It's not an interview with like a survey, open-ended questions. Are you guys going to be going anywhere fun this summer? Michigan, we would actually ask it a different way, right? Did you guys make it north this year yet? Stuff like that. <laughs> North in the summer, it's where we go. You can almost plan on it because most of the families do it. And your region's going to have specific things based on the season that you're in. There's little conversation entry points. The goal is to get them talking about their use of vehicle, their potential use of this vehicle, whether it's for that or for something else, or if they have a different car in their family that they're going to be using for that trip that you also could get in for an inspection. By showing them the inspection today on this other vehicle, maybe they say, this is so cool. I'm going to bring it in for my next one. All these areas start to come in, and it's just from conversation skills. Hey, if you went to Apex 2022, well, then you realize the incredible commitment that Apex has to the service professional. Repair Shop HQ is your place, along with Joe's Garage. With 10 working bays, you experienced real-life working conditions. Also, the best tech companies from tools and repair to management software. They had their latest and greatest just for you. You also attended technical and business management training right inside Repair Shop HQ with the industry's best and brightest. Work is underway to make next year's Apex 2023 have even more product demos, trending training, marketing, and social media support to help you grow your sales and profits. Remember, if you earn your living in the aftermarket, then Apex is the expo for you. Continue listening as we bring you the latest from Apex 2023. Save the date, October 31st through November 2nd, 2023. Hey, aren't you tired of being tired after a crazy day at the shop? Take the frustration out of your work by speeding up the processes that bog you down. Start a repair order based on a can job. Check. Order parts from a menu that includes every supplier within seconds. Check. Now send all that information with photos or videos to a customer via a live chat on their phone. What? (laughs) No, I'm not kidding. Check that box. Get an approval faster than ever so you don't tie up a bay for hours. Check. Hey, it gets even better. Once they see the summary of work they need, next time they ask you to fix one or two more items today. Boom, that bill goes up and you make more. Then get this. They pay you on their phone before they even pick up their car. 
This could be your life, my friend. Talk to my friends at GetShopware.com. I can't help but think, Craig, that there's a certain level of service advisor training just to get them to be more comfortable in their own bones and in their own skin. And then to say, listen, we're going to teach you all this stuff because you've got that tool over there called a digital vehicle inspection that needs to become part of the job you do for your customer. 100%. This is where we look. I look at like the three most common areas of failure for not just digital inspections, but entire CRM processes. The areas of impact, the three most important areas of impact that will determine success in order of importance is going to be the organization, their configurations, that's the structures and incentives and controls that you have over your process, right? Huge impact. If you don't have those things in place, good chance no process is going to succeed. Next is going to be the top down support. And this is exactly what you were talking about, right? That's the second most major piece here. If you aren't supporting your staff to develop the skills they need to be successful with the structure or system that you've put into place, you should not be surprised (laughs) if people are not automatically good at whatever structure, system, or process this is. Top-down support is critical. And the third bottom piece, the least important variable for the success, again, is the data piece. The actual inspection itself in this analogy, right? That is the least important element of determining the success of relating successfully with a client. Okay, so you go through all of this. And and again, I, I didn't spend the entire time in your seminar. And I wish I did. I regret that. And so I'm going to think out loud, if I had stayed to the end, would Craig be talking about the power and the value of improving the ARO for that company? Or is it irrelevant if you use the data correctly? Yeah, no, the ARO is is actually the, the thing. And Karma, another thing that we let it sink in earlier, but I, I say it over and over again, performing the digital inspection is not going to increase the revenue of your business. And that's contrary to what everyone that's involved with inspections and inspection software seem to say, not if you pay attention closely, but performing the inspection has nothing to do in most cases with added revenue in the shop. I got to stop you for a minute because if someone had never, they've got an old SMS and then they get a new one and it's got a DVI program in it or they add autotext.me to it, they've got to improve in some way because they weren't doing this before. But after you've been at it for a while, it's probably not going to, you know, two years down the road, you're not, maybe you wouldn't beat last year unless you did something about it. See, that's the thing is like, that's where most shops stop though, is the performing of that inspection. They just do it. And then they don't talk about it with the customer. It doesn't get picked up again by the service advisor. The good data collection the technician did doesn't actually get translated to the client. That's where the disconnect is in most processes. So you mean we got our baseline three months, four months later, they're in again and we do another vehicle inspection because you never know what's what's happened since the last one. So you do another one and it gets just to be kind of blind it's routine it's part of the wallpaper we had this question in our class someone asked why wouldn't someone share the results of the inspection (laughs) i said that is a great question i have all the excuses on the screen that i've heard oh they're waiting in my lobby so i just talked to them instead or i just called them to explain it or they're just in for tires i literally hear this from tire stores sometimes they they don't share the inspection results from this because they're just in for tires. odd odd stuff but these are the excuses i hear i've got lists of these things 
the reason that people aren't doing this is because they simply have not been trained on how to leverage it in their normal sales call. They've been taught a different way of selling automotive service. And they, any of us selling work in this business, have experienced stress in selling automotive service because of the stigma that is on us in this industry. When we have additional recommendations to make beyond what the customer specifically asked for, do we know that that customer has concerns about whether these are legitimate things or not? I think absolutely we do. I think that the better we are at relating to people to get that out of the way up front is what's going to determine how successful we are bringing in inspections. It shouldn't be a surprise. They should have been expecting inspection results from the beginning of the visit. You should have let them know why you do it, why your company is oriented towards this. You said it a few minutes ago. One of the big impacts is the structure. The process is broken. You could say we do this. You know, there's the rules that say we're going to present it. The 300% rule. And you've, you've heard that over and over again. And we're failing in that regard. Yeah, 300% rule for those who haven't heard it before, right? 100% of all vehicles get inspected. 100% of the items found in the inspection get estimated. And 100% of the estimated items get presented to the customer. It is our ethical responsibility to make sure this happens on every single ticket. And if that's your orientation in your business, you can develop structures that actually guide your staff through this part of the process and supports them and trains them and makes it makes it possible. And so what you're finding out is that we may start out with a 300% rule, but it kind of crashes and burns a little bit because of every excuse they're just in here for tires. So we've got this incredible tool, Digital Vehicle Inspections. One of the greatest software process tools ever invented for our industry. And we're looking at it like it's got the scopes got dust in the corner in the bottom drawer. It is in a way, right? But in fact, the technician used it. They did it. They did this good thing and the service advisor didn't pick it up. The question to answer the why this doesn't happen, I think you need to understand a term that I I think it's a little unfamiliar in this business. The technical term is customer relating capability. And I put some Greenwood spin on that. And I'm, I call it client relating capability. Good. Nice. <laughs> yes, nice. exactly. <laughs> so CRC, right? And I'm from West Michigan. We make a joke here. It doesn't mean Christian Reformed Church here. This is actually client relating capability. We can put a term to this on the individuals that work for our organization. Their client relating capability is what? This percentage of this or that? You can grade this once you can define this. All this means is that we do have an actual capability to relate with the client. Summarized, it's a very simple phrase. But why wouldn't a service advisor have that capability in some other cases? I know some very well-trained, awesome communicators that simply don't get every inspection sent or viewed during a visit. They don't get the time to do this. Why? And remember, the first most important piece on a good CRM process is the orientation of the business and then the structure. And least of all is the data, right? The orientation of a business in most auto repair shops is slanted towards what? Think about it. You see it all over the place. Car count. How many cars we can get in being directly proportional to our revenue. And it is not the case. It is simply Not the case. And I can show you case study after case study. And one we used in our class, Carm, uh, we had an example specifically between May and June on one shop. We changed nothing on their technology. They were already using some basic digital inspections. We simply got them to get more customers to view them. 
they had the same amount of cars in May as they did in June. It was 486 versus 489 cars. This never happens to coaches, right? By the way, where you do one behavior change in a one month period and you get exactly the same car counts in a similar season of the year, <laughs> right? So for this to be a case study was powerful for me because they got an, another 100 views uh, during the month of June and they gained $60,000 additional gross sales with the same amount of cars by simply changing how they get the clients to engage the inspection results. Technicians didn't change anything about how they performed them, didn't change about anything about the pictures they get, the types of pictures they're getting, the number of pictures they're getting, which everyone loves to talk about, numbers of pictures. We literally just changed the front counter's ability to communicate and leverage the results. I love client relating capabilities, CRC. And what, what hit me with that? I read your notes and of course you just spoke those words. I started to think about when I'm getting ready to hire a service advisor and I write that client relating capability on a piece of paper and I drive the interview toward that individual's ability to explain to me what client-relating capability means to you. Ooh, I bet that'll get some really neat answers. Wouldn't you want to have, let me see, uh, the blood test <laughs> before you decide to hire? It's probably very important for the business to find what they're looking for and try to gain agreement from individuals, uh, true agreement on if this is something that they can align with. Because we're looking for someone that's aligned with our values. That's the whole point on orientation of our organization is you have a value system. Like we want to see our customers arrive safely, have a reliable vehicle that's dependable. And, and this is this is like our core mission, like how we communicate that matters. And there's a win-win in this, right? I think I can keep my customers' budget intact by doing good inspections. I think that they will have less surprises with their vehicle if we do good inspections. So they're getting a lot of wins by letting us do our due diligence here. And it helps us too. How does it help the shop? It helps us fill in the gaps in our schedule, help the customer maybe schedule at an advantageous time of year where things tend to dip off a little bit. Maybe we can um, make the repairs more advantageous for them to fill in those slower times. And of course, the bottom line of the business just simply grows as well. But our stigma also gets erased as an industry. These wins just keep stacking by doing diligent inspections. And we talk about this in a quality control standpoint too. But overall, CRC is strongly related to sales growth retention and profit. When you have a good client relating capability, that is what is going to drive it. I think the important question we should be, be closing on this conversation with Carm is why does DVI get the reputation for being this critical piece in this part of the process? What is the magic of the DVI that actually allows it to become something that is synonymous with extra revenue and better sales? You know, I can only think, Craig, that it shows my business's capability, our thoroughness. It currently does something that other people aren't doing for the client. It gives me a baseline, but it's a tool that's to our point here. I think that's getting dusty in the closet because we're not living what digital vehicle inspections can do for us from A to Z it's like the doctor says, listen, you, you got to drink eight liters of water a day and you do three and you think you're going to be okay. You're not approaching it completely. Why invest the money? 
Why gain the confidence of your people? Why build a policy around it? Why tell the consumer on their first date that you're going to do this and then do it and never tell anybody? Doesn't make sense. But TVIs, yeah, like you see some shops that'll say like a 20% ARO gain, right? They attribute it specifically to DVIs. And so like, why is it even that effective? It's the, the few occasions that they, they string themselves together to show it to the customer. It just puts a few conversations in focus at that. And 20%, if that's all it is between, that's a terrible number. I don't even know where that, that industry statistic came from, but it's been around forever. Chris and I have debated on this forever too. Like 20% ARO gain. Dude, that example I gave you, that was a 60% plus ARO percent gain versus tickets that had viewed inspections versus not viewed inspections, period, <laughs> right? Let that sink in. Where I'm going with it is this whole concept of the DVI being effective is because when people are doing it, even haphazardly, even with a lot of dust on that stuff, right? They get a few good conversations and then they realize they just haven't really connected why it was easier to communicate these things to the client, but it all it's doing, Carm, is helping us communicate something to our clients. That is it. It is a communication tool. Communicate with it. I come into the shop for the first time that you have digital vehicle inspection. I'm, I'm coming all the time, but now digital vehicle inspections are new to you and you're going to do one for me. And I'm excited to tell you about it. Yeah. Customers always like that. Especially if they haven't seen it. And Carmen, I know shops aren't doing them all regularly. I've asked my mom, she lives on the West Coast of Michigan. Now I have two stories of instances where she's gone to a shop. I, she said, should I go to the shop? I said, ask if they do digital inspections so that they can send me the results so I can see what they found, right? And then, yes, if they say they do digital inspections, take it to that shop and let me know as soon as they give you the results, right? And she said, okay. And then she goes and she pays for repairs. And then she sends me an invoice. She's like, mom, why didn't you have them send me the digital inspection results they said they would do? Oh, they didn't do one. You asked them on the phone ahead of time. If they did them, they said they do. And then you went and they didn't do one. Ah. <laughs> right. Odd that this has happened now twice to my mother and I have zero inspection results. And what do you think those shops say? She was just waiting for tires. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it was just an oil change. Oh, yeah. We didn't see anything wrong. We didn't see anything wrong. They said, I haven't called the second shop yet to get their excuse, but I will. <laughs> we didn't see anything wrong, but let mom look at the green lights. Yeah. Why not? Why not show somebody the green? And you know what? I asked that the first shop I talked to. I said, how do I even know you looked at it? I said, well, uh, is it like, dude, you said you topped off some fluids. Where'd the fluid go? <laughs> Right? Is something leaking? What fluids were low? You can't just tell someone you topped off a bunch of fluids and then not tell me what fluid you topped off, how much you had to top it off. And it's like, golly, right? I mean, just they're not communicating with it. And I just lose some trust. We've got this brand new, beautiful tool. Let's write a process around it. And it felt good. Oh, wow. Great. 30 days worth. Look at all this great stuff. Customers are loving this. Actually, we're, we're selling more than we ever did. And no one started to realize the impact and the power this could have on their business and the relationship with their customer. And we break the process. And we, as the leadership and the owners, and even the service advisors who are listening to this, we're all part of the problem. We have this fabulous tool. If we're really, truly here for the purpose of maintaining safe, reliable, and efficient transportation, then you, you broke a couple commandments, Craig. Imagine a shop that's fully engaged to make it really simple to manage your vehicle. I don't go into a shop every day anymore. I don't have my own garage set up for this. I have to use a shop that works it. And I have a couple of great clients right around me that I can 
rely on when I need them. And they make it very simple for me. But that is not the experience for most people that I talk to all over the country, friends that don't know some of the shops that I know that I have to continually refer right all the time to these shops that do get it. And that doesn't seem to be the experience. When I go to my Toastmasters club, they aren't automotive people. I talk automotive stuff a lot to them. They're learning, but their experiences are fascinating to hear in the auto repair business, whether it be in dealers, used car people, general repair shops that we wouldn't see in a trade show (laughs) that maybe should. And it's like, golly, I've been in this bubble for so long in karma. I think a lot of times that once we've networked to the degree that we have in this industry, we are in this bubble and we forget exactly what it's like for the other 90%. You said when you asked the people in the class to raise their hand and the majority of them did, you know who goes to the seminars, just the top, you know, 10 or 15% in our industry. So you shouldn't have been surprised that they were there to continue to be motivated and inspired and finding new directions and learn just one new thing. But thank you for going and and doing what you did and inspiring me to bring you on the show. Do you think we shook up the industry a little bit with this episode? I hope so, Carm. You know, this is a topic that we're going to be uh, focused on quite a bit in some of our upcoming training opportunities. So if anyone wants to talk about these things and learn more about like how we see the client relating capability and how to improve that right through proper staffing, through communication, through communication training, and then through scheduling advantageously. It's okay to say no to some cars, right? We proved it. Same amount of cars can still equal same amount of a lot more revenue. And uh, car count is not king. Thanks to Craig O'Neill, Vice President of Training at Autotext.me. I'm sure they could get a hold of you just through the website. Oh, absolutely. Go to autotext.me. You can reach out to us there. You can reach me by my email, craig at autotextme.com. Always a pleasure. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time. 